Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Pastor Isaac, and you are about to watch a sermon from our new series, Once Upon a Time. Throughout the Gospels, Jesus would always share what it's like to be a member of the Kingdom of God through what we know as parables. And uh, we want to be able to have these sermons be able to articulate the Gospel in a powerful way through the parables of Jesus. And we know every single week people from uh, the YouTube family or from our church family are being blessed by these sermons. And if uh, you're being blessed by this particular sermon, I encourage you, leave a comment, write something in the caption below. Uh, or also you could give financially to our church so that we could get these sermons out and be able to reach more people uh, for the glory of God. Uh, and you could do so on the link provided below. Thank you so much. God bless and enjoy the sermon. So in the Old Testament, there's a man called Uriah. Does anybody remember him? He was a soldier in King David's army. Well, I'll tell you what. We got a Uriah. But he's a soldier in King Jesus' army. <laughs> Most of you know Uriah when he stands up here in the worship team and helps usher us into worship. But he's also one of the leaders of our youth group. He's also one of the leaders of our young adults group. I had a chance to be with Uriah during a leadership class we recently took over a period of several weeks. And I just got to tell you, this man has got a beautiful, humble spirit, a depth of an understanding well beyond his years of the kingdom of God. And he is anointed to bring God's word to us today. So would you welcome Uriah to come up and do that for us in Jesus' name. Now before I turn the mic over to Uriah, I, I want to ask you, do you know what the biblical definition of Uriah is? What the meaning of that name is? I'll tell you. <laughs> it comes from the Hebrew. And it means Yahweh is my light. Let me bring it into the New Testament. It means Jesus Christ is my light. Jesus Christ is Uriah's light. Amen. And you're going to get some of that light today in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. How are we doing this morning? Woo. <laughs> so good to be here, to be able to stand before you and share the word of God with you today. I am so blessed and honored. Um, before I get started, I want to, as Elder Rick did, I just want to <clears throat> honor Pastor Isaac and, and Diamond Friedel. Did anybody um, catch Diamond sharing her testimony on Facebook Live? And made you feel like you want to get saved all over again, right? <laughs> Amen. So we just, uh, we just honor them and we thank God for who they are and for, he's, for who he's placed here to be our leaders. And um, I also want to honor um, all the elders and, and Pastor Rhonda that, that are here. Uh, I just feel really encouraged to just really thank you for everything that you do for this house. I feel really encouraged to tell you that I feel like the Lord is saying, do not grow weary in well-doing. A harvest is coming, and God is going to reap a tremendous harvest through you, and I just want to share that with you. Amen. Woo. All right, so uh, before we get started, I just want to pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you, God, for this wonderful day that you have made. 
Lord, you are awesome. You are magnificent. There is not enough words in the dictionary that we can use to talk about how great you are, Lord, but we just thank you for everything you are, Lord. I ask, Father, that you just touch every heart that's here, God. I ask, Father, that uh, you help me to uh, decrease in myself, Lord, so that when the people hear my words, they just hear you, God. I pray, Father, that they just hear your heart for them, Lord, and I just thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. You are welcome in this place. You are welcome. This is your home, and we just make, we just, we're just getting out of your way, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. So we're going to start. We're going to go right into the word. Um, we're going to go into Luke 15. Uh, we're going to be starting in verse 11, but I'm going to kind of set the stage for you a little bit. Um, see, Jesus is in this one place, and the, the way that it starts in verse 1 is that all the tax collectors and all the, all the sinners are gathering around him to hear what he has to say. And <clears throat> the cool thing is that when... There's also the Pharisees and the lawmakers, and when you look at the difference between the two, there's the um, tax collectors and sinners, they were, seen, they, were, they were seen as less than, but the Pharisees and the lawmakers, they were seen as like these good people, and amongst themselves, they're talking, and they're saying, talking about Jesus, they're saying, oh, wow, like, this guy welcomes tax collectors and sinners, and he eats with them, and it's just kind of a snide comment that's kind of made, but amongst themselves, uh, but Jesus, he doesn't even kind of dignify it with an answer. He just begins to address everyone and tell everyone a couple of amazing stories. He tells uh, three in this chapter. The first one is the story of the lost sheep, okay? And it talks about the shepherd who has 100 sheep and one, one of the sheep goes missing. When that sheep goes missing, the shepherd leaves the 99 and goes after the one. And then once he finds it, he picks up this sheep, puts it on his shoulders and brings it back home. And when he brings it back home, he gathers all his friends and all his neighbors and says, Rejoice with me, for I have found my lost sheep. And amen. And, um, and he's, he also says uh, something along the lines of, um, and in the same way, there's rejoicing in heaven over one person who repents, over 99 righteous people who don't. And then he goes into this other story, and he talks about um, this, uh, the, the, the story of the lost coin. And he talks about this woman who, who has 10 silver coins, which are very valuable to her. She loses one, and he says what she does is that she lights a lamp and carefully uh, searches, scans, and searches and scans through her entire house until she finds it. And when she does, she brings all of her friends, all of her, all of her girls together, and uh, they go to paint and sip. And um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's not what it says. <laughs> That's a different translation. Um, but it says that uh, she gathers all of her friends and all of her neighbors together and says, rejoice with me for I have found my lost coin. And he also goes to say, there is rejoicing amongst the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And how great it is to think that, that heaven, all of heaven rejoices over us doing something as simple as, simple as repenting. Something as simple as asking the Lord for forgiveness. Like heaven throws a party for it. I love, I love that. And I just, um, I love the fact that Jesus uses stories. I've heard a line that says, um, stories, they go past your mind so that they can penetrate your heart. So with that being said, um, I have this, uh, I have a little story for, like, for, for myself, but when I was seven years old, do you guys remember that movie uh, Space Jam? Where my 90s baby's at? All right. <laughs> um, so this is a really cool movie with uh, Michael Jordan and the Looney Tunes, and it's instant classic. What more, what more could you ask for? When I was seven years old, my aunt, she actually bought the movie for me on VHS. I know a lot of uh, young teenagers have no idea what VHS is, but, <laughs> but we do. And um, 
So she bought this movie brand new for me, and it came with this coin. Uh, it was like a white and silver coin. On the front, it had Michael Jordan and all the Looney Tunes. On the back, it said Space Jam. It was, you know, it's the little things in life that, that, make, us, that make us happy, right? So um, I, got the, I get home, I get the movie, and I'm watching it, and I'm flipping my coin while watching the movie. And at one point, I flip the coin, and it falls on the floor. I reach down to get it, and I can't find it. And I'm moving my hand around. I don't know where, it, where it's at. I start to just freak out, and I start, like, lifting up the recliner. I start moving things out of the way. I'm like, I can't really imagine how far this coin could have gone. So eventually my cousin walks by, and he says, what are you looking for? And I'm like, my coin. And he says, um, well, stop looking for it. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm not going to find it that way. He goes, yeah, well, you know when, you're, when you're, you know when you need something in the house and you're looking for it, you usually can't find it, but when you're not looking for it, you see it all the time? And I was like okay, I'll try it. And I, um, so I just sat up and I continued to watch my movie. And sure enough, my cousin comes back and he has my coin in his hand. He's like, somehow it rolled all the way by my room. And I'm like, okay, cool. That's, that was good advice. But I will say that advice, that was just free advice I gave you just for household, household items and appliances. Like, thank God that's not how our God works. You know, he takes, he takes his search and rescue department very seriously. Amen. So that being said, I'm going to go into this third story, um, Luke 15, chapter 11. I'm going to read it to you. The parable of the lost son. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country. And he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. I love this part. But, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw, him, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened, fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of his servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has, because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never even gave me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. 
Amen. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. Um, I love how the way this story, it just seems like it doesn't end. It just, it just kind of leaves it at that. And you can kind of imagine that when Jesus was telling this story to everybody, there was just silence in the room. Because I feel like Jesus just has this way of empowering, teaching, and humbling all at the same time. He, Jesus kind of knew what he was doing, I think. Um, you know, we don't really need to talk about the lost son. I mean, we, the, the story seems to be all about the lost son. But when you look at the whole chapter and you realize, who was Jesus really talking to? And I, I think of uh, who was there in attendance. It was not just, the, not just the sinners and tax collectors. It was also the Pharisees and the lawmakers. And I, and I, and I was thinking about it. I remember I was doing this, um, running, going over the sermon with Pastor Isaac. And thank God for him because he helped me. Helped me see things, a lot of things that I missed when I read it the first time. But it made me think, like, who was Jesus actually talking to? And I think that the Pharisees and the lawmakers was who he was really trying to get. He was trying to get their hearts. He was trying to change their hearts. Um, and I believe that the older son represents them. Sometimes when we're walking with God and when we, when we especially when we've been walking a long time, when we've been going battle after battle, trial and tribulation after trial and tribulation, our heart sometimes begins to grow a little hard. Sometimes bitterness sets in. Sometimes we, pride creeps in. Sometimes we just get a little bit self-righteous. So when uh, people just come right into the flock and all of a sudden it just seems like God is blessing them right on the spot, uh, we tend to get a little bitter. We tend to wonder, well, God, what about me? Am I talking to anyone right now? <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'll be the first to tell you. I mean, like, there's, there's many situations. There's, okay, I, you know, let's talk to the, to the single people real quick. How many people, how many of you have been single for a long time and have been waiting for God to bring that one into your life, but everyone else who just seems to pop up seems to find their, their person right off the bat, and it just seems like here we are still waiting. How many, um, how many of you have been praying for a job promotion or a career change, and it seems like people are walking right into their calling and walking right into their purpose, yet we're still here waiting Tending to the fields. How, 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 many, how, many, how many of us have had loved ones, um, parents, siblings, that didn't treat us right? That didn't treat us like we feel we deserve to be treated. But yet, they come right back to the family and they come right back into God's love and mercy. And we feel some type of way about it. I... Um, I, and, you know, looking at it this way, I kind of get it. You know, I, I look at the oldest son. First, when you read this story, you're like, come on, dude, why got to be such a jerk about it? You know what I mean? But honestly, when you think about why he's upset, you kind of understand. Because if it were me, and thank God it's not, but if it was me, um, if that younger brother came back into, back to my father's house, I would be like, oh, no, absolutely not. He will be a servant, and he's got to work off all the money that, he's, that he squandered away. And then he's got to, after that, now he has to give me at least two to three years to prove that he's not going to run away again. But God's not like that. And thank God for that, right? <laughs> I, I love, I'm going I'm to read this part one more time. I'm, I, I really didn't plan to be here long. I just really kind of just wanted to say what God put on my heart. Um, and I just really want to talk about these two perspectives, the first one being the oldest son. But and I want to talk about the father. See, I've, I have... I have been the prodigal son, I have been the prideful son, and today I get to portray the heart of the father. 
he's um <laughs> he's been he's been he's been so good to me. I remember when I was in um when I got when I just getting out of high school, I I ended up in my own type of prodigal son situations, I guess if you want to put it that way. Um I got with I ended up dating a girl that I should have never been dating. I ended up um smoking and drinking and doing everything that everybody else was doing, you know, living uh, in a way that was beneath what, what God called me to, in a sense. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that with judgment. I'm saying that just, that's just what it was, you know? But I got to a point that I was so broken, and I got to a point where it seemed like famine had entered my own world, and I was going through my own personal hell, but God God, in, in, his, in all his love and all his grace and all his mercy, looked down upon me and showed me the right way, showed me, told me that it was time to come back home. So I thank God for him. And I, um, I just think about uh, right here in verse, verse 22, right after the son says to the father, I have sinned against heaven and against you, and I'm not worthy to be called your son. The father doesn't even dignify that with an answer. He quickly turns to, turns to his servant and says, and tells him to bring the best robe. And I just, I, I kind of want to talk about that. I just, I, I had this feeling when, when I first started uh, preparing the sermon. It's funny how he brought him a robe. He brought him a robe so that he can cover his sin and shame. And then he told him to put, on sand, put sandals on his feet so that he no longer has to walk in his guilt. He put a ring on his finger to restore his power and authority. He told, then he tells his servants, go and kill the fattened calf. We're going to throw a party because I want everyone to know that my son who was once lost is now found, that my son who was dead is now alive. And <laughs> try not to cry because I love that <laughs> so much. Um, my son that was now dead is, is now alive, that was once dead is now alive. And now he throws a party to show everybody, show everybody in, in the neighborhood, show everybody in the town that this is my son, that this is my daughter, and you're all going to treat him as such. He does not have to earn his way back to my, into my heart. He does, not have to, he does not have to work his way back into my love. He's, he's never lost it. And I think in the Bible that it says, um, amen. I think in the Bible it says that many times that the Lord said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So is it possible to think that we're, are we ever really lost? You know what I mean? Like God is, always has his eye on us. God is always making detours to bring us back to him because he's a merciful and a loving God. So I'm going to ask the, the worship team to come back up. I, um, I kind of just want to want to tell you all, it's time for us, if we, if, we have been the pride, if we have represented the prideful son in our lives, I, I want you all to like really sit and think about it for a second. And I want you to know um, God wants to set you free from that. It's not, it's, it's not, about, condemn, it's not about condemning you. It's not about um, holding you hostage in, in, uh, in, what, in your past, but it's about letting you know that God wants you to be set free. He wants you to party with him. Amen. So can everyone just bow your head and close your eyes for a second? If, um, if you feel in your life, and honest, and just be honest with yourself about this, if you feel honestly that you have 
been prideful in some ways, that you have allowed bitterness to creep into your heart. Just go ahead and raise your hand. Amen. Amen. And we're going to pray together. Just repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your love and your mercy. I ask you, Lord, to forgive me. Forgive me for pride. Forgive me for having bitterness. Forgive me for being self-righteous. You are the only righteous one. And I am only made righteous through you. So I thank you, Lord, for your love and your mercy and your abundant grace. And I ask you, Lord, to set me free so I can party with you again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I got one more. Now today, I don't know what brought you in here. I don't know, um, maybe you're invited, maybe you just wandered to Cookman Avenue and wandered in here and you feel right now that you're in a season of being a prodigal son, you're in a season of being a prodigal daughter. So right now, if you feel like you're lost and you feel like you're trying to find your way, go ahead and raise your hand. Amen, amen. I thank you for your bravery. <laughs> and I'm gonna pray with you too. Because God loves you and I love you too. All right? Amen. Amen. So uh, repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for sending your son to die on the cross for me. I thank you, Lord, that you have never taken your eye off of me. I thank you, Father, for bringing me home and welcoming me into the party. I receive you in my heart, and I surrender my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you.